0: This is Live from the Table, coming at you from the world-famous comedy cellar on SiriusXM99, Raw Dog. And on the Laugh Button Podcast Network, this is Dan Natterman. Noam Dorman is not here tonight. Why, you (laughs) asked? He's doing a show around the corner. Uh, Glenn Lowry, who is a podcaster, is doing a live podcast and invited Noam to join. The podcast is about... It is about comics and the role of comedy in, um, in confronting sort of uh, difficult topics, I guess, uh, which was a good, which would have been a good topic for our show. But in any case, Noam's doing that, so he's not here. We do have Perry L. Ashenbrand, who is our producer, and she does do uh, on-air stuff as well, and that just kind of evolved. Um, it, it, it wasn't planned. It just, uh, you know, it just came. I mean, what are you going to It's too late now to do anything about it.
1: We also have. I'm talking about her like she's a mutated strain of producer virus. <laughs> we has new. Well, we love her just the same. We also yes. have
0: Harrison Greenbaum, who is a regular here at the Comedy Cell. He's a comedian. He's Harvard educated.
1: And now so I do this. I don't know so if they... that
0: means anything to anybody, but he is. Uh, he's a magician. He is recently engaged. He joins us now. And a shout out to Nicole Lyons, our sound engineer. I guess that's what you would call her. That
2: audiologist. Works.
0: She's an audiologist. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, would you, how would you qualify your role?
2: I would like to go by that moving forward. It makes me.
0: Audiologist or sound engineer.
2: Yeah. Audiologist.
0: She's an audiologist. She comes to us from the Philly area, I think. Binghamton. Binghamton, New York. (laughs) Even better. Uh, Those are the same. I'm slightly, look, I I am still not 100%. I had a stomach flu, a gastroenteritis, the norovirus, whatever name you use, it's a horror show. And I had that a week ago, and I'm still not 100% well. So um, you're dealing with an 80% Dan Natterman tonight, which is still, you know, Better than 100% of a lot of other people, you know, but, but it is what it is. Uh, welcome, everybody, to our program. Now, if no one were here, we would probably jump right into transgender issues because <laughs> there's uh, stuff going on with that. So, I, you know, uh, with the UPenn swimmer, Leah Tom- Thomas, and with Katanji Brown, who was asked to define w- a woman in, uh, in Congress— and did you see that, Perry?
2: I did, and also was asked um, if she thinks that babies can be racist.
1: I didn't hear that. And, and
2: I, But wasn't it, I think, Lindsey Graham? Oh, no,
1: that was Ted Cruz. He oh, was Ted brandished C- a children's book and said, can babies be racist? <laughs> because when I look for factual stuff and I'm I'm questioning a potential Supreme Court nominee, I want to question the logic of children's books.
2: It's unbelievable. Also,
1: are all hams green? <laughs> <Or> green?
2: <laughs> are all eggs
1: green that go with the ham? It's just very weird. Do you believe cats belong in hats? Like, what What the fuck are we doing? Well, uh, I wanted to know what
0: uh, Periel thought about uh, um So I guess we will get a little bit into the trans stuff. Since that's sort of what we do here. A lot yeah. Of time.
2: But wait, uh, you brought something up. Can you walk us through the norovirus experience? Because you've talked about that a lot on the show, how your biggest fear... It's not
0: my, my, my biggest fear... Is 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 um, is not
2: that? It's throwing up. I thought that's not
0: my biggest fear. It. Okay. My biggest fear is being buried alive. <laughs> <laughs> but the, my biggest fear of shit that actually happens, that happens to me and has happened on a regular, somewhat every few years basis, is uh, stomach flu. Mm. Um, and and in my book, Iris Spiro before COVID, available <laughs> on Amazon. Yes, I'm a proud owner of that book. Have you have you looked at it yet? Yes. It's a good book. Well, have you read the whole thing? I've not read the whole thing. Okay. Well nobody <laughs> Don't worry, nobody has. <laughs> but but uh, how far did you get to?
1: It? <laughs> <laughs> I got like halfway through.
0: All right. Well you weren't moved to continue, I guess. No, I just I will I will finish it. Right? I will not, finish you're it. You're not obligated. <laughs> um, but the main character also has an issue with that because the main character is sixty percent based on me. Forty percent based on not me. But but the main character has a an issue with that. So so yeah, so I I um
2: so can you walk me through what you one night? You I went don't know to what dinner, but well, but you never
0: know with the stomach flu what caused it, because it could be anything you ate twenty four or forty eight hours prior. But was it food poisoning, or did you have? Y- you just don't know,
2: okay? Because
0: it can be transmitted through food. It can be transmitted through surfaces. Um, it's transmitted through fecal matter and vomitus, mm-hmm. but that can get on food. That can get on surfaces. Okay. So, so that's how it's transmitted. So you don't. So say- I don't know how I got. Okay, so I even, did I eat a meal at the comedy cellar the night before? Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah,
0: but nobody else got. But sick, but so but can I blame low, right? the comedy cellar? I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> if I can blame Gnome for something, it's obviously more fun. Right. But I did have the shrimp. Which shrimp? You know. Uh, but uh, but. <laughs> so I it, now the, the thing about it is, is when you have stomach flu, whatever you just ate, that's the stuff that comes up. Mm -hmm. sure, Uh, you know, it comes out. So that's the stuff you're going to be kind of associating it with. And so that's the, so, so uh, just to, I won't be eating the shrimp here anymore is my point. Well, Ah, whether the shrimp had anything to do with it or not, I will not be having the shrimp here and maybe nowhere else either for a while.
2: Well, I will tell you that I was just downstairs and somebody was eating the shrimp, which ordinarily would look delicious to me. And because I knew that you had eaten the shrimp right before you got sick, I also probably not will not be eating the shrimp.
1: I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to eat the shrimp <laughs> just to run this experiment. Because if I end up okay, then we know it's not the shrimp.
2: Well, oh. uh, no, we know that
0: it's not the shrimp. We, we don't know, because on any given night, the shrimp could be fine, That's and right. on another given night... The sh- and again, it could be because it, it, it's not necessarily intrinsic to the shrimp. It could be a chef that prepared it without washing his hands. It could have nothing whatever to do with this place. Uh, it could be from something I ate at the diner the day before,
2: or not. It could not be food. Or, or it could be oh. I shook
0: somebody's hand that had norovirus.
2: Okay, why do you keep calling it noro? Because that's
0: what it is. That's what I was diagnosed with. Because I went to the I thought oh. maybe it was COVID because COVID right, sure. is now manifesting itself with gastrointestinal yeah. symptoms. Mm. So I went to Lenox Hill and said, I don't know if I got COVID. I don't know what I got. So, I mean, how much information do you all want? All of
2: it. I want all of it. Why do you want all this? Because stuff? it's interesting. <laughs> This this they, doesn't air
1: while people are eating, right? Well, if,
2: oh, if you are
0: eating, I, I would I
1: would I would caution to put it down. <laughs> I hope it's not shrimp.
0: They they gave me a nose thing, you know, yeah, which but and that was negative. But to, but to that di- you can't diagnose norovirus from that. Okay. So they made me give them a urine sample, which you can't diagnose norovirus from that either. Now, can you guess what you can diagnose? Norovirus. A
2: fecal sample. That's correct. Okay, so you had to poop. At Lennox Hill on demand,
0: not hard when you have the norovirus
1: because diarrhea is one of the symptoms.
2: Oh God! So you're you're. But how
1: do you avoid it? From this is going to be gross. How do you get it? Not get it on your hands. What is the this process? I'm good. Is it a bag? First of it was all, in a bag? it was all liquid. They oh. gave me a cup. It was, oh all, it was completely liquid. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> it looked like uh, not unlike uh, chocolate milk.
2: <laughs> Did you? Sh- but uh, but it taste? Shrimps coming out? No, of your was just, it was just oh completely my
0: liquid, liquid. And come on, very <laughs> really. So in any in any case, the worst that, commercial for sea monkeys. That, that's how they diagnose uh, norovirus, and I guess from vomit too. They can do it, I suppose. Oh. But
1: I couldn't give them that. Were I think throwing... they don't even test the shit. I think if you're willing to I do think that, if it's, all... like, it's definitely norfolk. <laughs> well, if it's all liquid, they're probably like, you know what? It's.
2: <laughs> Were you throwing up also?
0: I was, but when I got to Lenox Hill, I had no, it was not
2: long Okay, because he did not sound good. He ripped. Oh, no. yeah.
0: And then they gave me um, a, a Zofran, which is an anti-emetic. Yeah. As well as anti-nausea medication that actually I read online really doesn't do much better than a placebo. Mm. Uh, it, 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 So I don't know why they give it to
1: you, but. Well, because um, placebos work. That's yeah. the whole thing. It does not that a placebo does zero. It does, you know, it does something.
2: I don't think that that's true. They gave me that while I was pregnant.
1: They do get, yeah,
0: like, it it, it, it it depends on who you are. Sometimes it works for some people. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's no better than a placebo. Sometimes it helps with the throwing up, but not the nausea, which, if I have a nausea, I might as well throw up. I mean, oh. it, I, don't, I don't know that that helps at all. All right. So- Having nausea without the throwing up, how's that helping me? <laughs> right.
2: How's so that? How's poop- that
0: advancing my cause?
2: So you poop.
0: You, you want more information I on Norovirus? So you want to talk about Katangi so Brown? So
2: you pooped in the cup, <laughs> and then they—that's
0: um, a hell of a transition.
2: <laughs> and then you got diagnosed, but you've been sick for a long time because
0: it takes the body a while to recover from the, the absolute beating that you take from twenty-four hours of vomiting and diarrhea. It, it, you, you still have lingering. You, your, your system is completely fucking fucked. Mm. And so I'm not back 100% to normal. I'm st- anything because I didn't eat for like several days after because I was still di- diarrhea. <laughs> <I was still laughs> Are you hydrating up now at least? Are you rehydrating? Yeah, no, I'm rehydrated and and uh, but I lost, look, I went from like 159
2: to 153. Wow. Wow. So, I
0: mean, for those of I want to get on this plan <laughs> <laughs> in just a few days.
2: So. Are you back on solids?
0: Yeah, I'm back on solids. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> no, I was back on solids qu- quickly enough, but um, but the, but depending, uh, n- you know, not not like a greasy cheeseburger.
2: No, I mean know. pooping solids. Oh, oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, you should see what I, am up to. But anyway, unless have anybody
2: has any further then-
1: questions about norovirus, I'm
2: glad you're I- feeling better.
1: I was just gonna say, have you ever pooped and then looked at it and been kind of proud? No, no, never, no, never for sure. Never, never, Come on, there's only never, a couple times that, like, I did that thing. Never proud, (laughs) never proud.
0: uh, You know, I mean, some aghast. (laughs) (laughs) But this really isn't a topic that we want
2: to delve
0: into any more deeply. This is where we're cutting it (laughs) off? Especially, (laughs) cutting it off is an interesting way to put it. Cutting it it off, you know.
1: Um, You know, it's hard to poop in space. Because. People don't think about this. Because pooping requires gravity, your poop comes down.
2: Don't they have to wear diapers? Well, but your body, your, with your, pee. your body,
1: you know, your muscles push it. So, but yeah, I, well, this they, is no, my
2: kind of an episode. I will
1: tell you, I, as somebody who's read about this topic, <laughs> pooping in space requires you to basically uh, put your your hand in a glove, and use it like scissors
2: into your butthole.
1: Well, you have to basically detach the poop. Normally, poop falls out of your butt because gravity, and you're in. A space. But you're pushing it. You have muscles that push. Yeah, but they don't. They don't. They don't unlink. I will be darned.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pooping in spaces
1: and here's the other problem is if the poop gets free into the space shuttle it could cause like a crash because it can get into equipment and there has been at least one Apollo mission where a poop got free and they had to call mission control about it and like Houston, after this Houston. floating poop
2: yeah. go ahead Dan Houston? Houston we have a problem
1: <laughs> we have a real problem <laughs> yeah there we have the uh, audio tapes do they
2: wear diapers
1: they do wear diapers usually like when they li- they lift off
2: that is so fucking demoralizing. Can you imagine being that brilliant and accomplished that you get to be an astronaut <laughs> and then you have to put on an adult diaper and, like, shit in your pants? Well, did,
1: imagine did, how much you smell. You did, can't really shower. That's also really a gravity-based activity. Did, how, Cap, um, sorry, did Captain Kirk have to wear a diaper when he went into space last They year? had fake gravity in that shuttle. That's why they're walking around. Shut right when they're up. in the Enterprise? In the Enterprise? No, I'm talking about around. I'm talking about when Captain Kirk really went into space, but William Shatner went into space. Oh, well that's ju- that's just very short. I don't think you yeah, need no. to. Be right. You're How up and down. How long
2: do they usually go to space for?
1: Now when you do the space station like ISS, International Space Station, uh, it could be a year, it could be a, it could be a while.
2: Wait, I'm sorry, you spend a year in space? Oh
1: yeah. If you're going if you're going to spend all that money to launch somebody up there and yeah. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Is this common knowledge? Yeah,
1: yeah, people know this.
2: Astronauts spend now. If I would, if I would
1: know them, I would probably come
0: down hard on you for not knowing this.
2: I don't think that's.
0: (laughs) I went to space camp, so this is (laughs) dirigore. See, Um, let's, uh, if we can transition, and and I know these transitions can be abrupt, and I've been uh, criticized for that, but we don't have commercial breaks, so sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to be abrupt. In any case, uh. Does anybody want to talk about Katanji Brown's definition of refusing to define woman? And I have a thought about that, which is why I brought it up. What's your thought? Well, do you have a thought? I would and people are making fun of her. She said, I'm not a biologist. And so people are online saying, well, oh, well, how's the weather? Well, I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. That's kind of like a big joke on Twitter, you know. Um, <clears throat> so so well is 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 that uh, you know a b- 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 bologna sandwich? Well, I'm not a chef. That's the kind of thing people are tweeting.
2: Republican. I ma- mean, like conservative, right wing well, people are tweeting. Well, it.
0: Whoever's tweeting it is tweeting it, and she's being made fun of. Yeah, I do for have that. a
2: thought on that.
0: For for saying I'm not a biologist, I cannot define a woman.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, of course, it, he's just like antagonizing her. It like, well, was a like,
0: female that asked.
2: She, oh and right, right, who, right, right, I forgot who it right. was. Yeah, yeah. No, what was her name? I forgot. I would <laughs> no. I.
1: It, I mean, the thing is, a lot of this confirmation is just political theater. And her whole mission, as it has been with Kavanaugh and uh, Coney Barrett, that you, you kind of don't answer any questions. <laughs> you try to you. You constantly say, "I'm here because you're trying to verify whether or not I'd be a good judge or not." So there's a difference between what she's willing to say in this confirmation hearing and what her actual beliefs in are. And I, I I'm sure, it is a very uh, astute political calculation to say. I would rather just say I'm not a biologist than to try to get into the woods of what is a, a political football at the moment. That's likely true. Um, so it's hard to criticize her for but, that but it's also, I don't think that's what she really believes. I think she probably has strong feelings one way well, or the other. I, well, I don't know. I
0: mean, if, if now, if you asked me how to define a woman, sure, and I thought about this, my question, to you, I, would, I, would, I would send the ball right back into your court. I would say, uh, define definition. Because I mean, you laugh, but I mean that the the reality is: is how do we define any word? What is the definition of any word? It is—is it what we see in the dictionary? Is it what a majority of speakers of a particular language how they use that word? I think it's. I mean, you you have to have. How do you define words have to have meaning, or you have no language? Yes, but how do we? If you want to give an exact meaning to a word, where does it come from? It comes from, and some words. People don't agree on the precise meaning. Is a vulva, a vagina, the same thing? No. No. Well, but some people <laughs> use it that way. No, I think we all agree that that's not the no, same thing. No, it's not thing.
2: the same thing. I mean, people can use words however they want. And that's matter.
0: how words become. Yeah, but that's how language evolves. Gay used to just mean happy. Had nothing to do with human sexuality, and then
1: one day, one
0: fine day, it
1: started to be. <laughs> it started to be used. Sure, there was mean, a confusing interim period, though, where people were like, "Oh, that well, guy's that real was... gay," and they're like, "What? What do you mean by that?" <laughs> yeah. There was a period where it could have gone. He's happy, way. happy about dick. <laughs> there was that probably like
0: 1920s. Yeah,
1: there was a, some real fun. I mean, there was there was a lot of that's phrases a gay fellow. Gay. And oh, you I mean, didn't know what he meant by that? Yeah.
2: First of all, it was Marsha Blackburn, who's a Republican. From Tennessee, okay? So obviously she's trying to antagonize.
0: Fair enough. She's trying to antagonize. The point is, is how do you define whim, woman? And the answer is, how do you define any word? Well, and that's and, a good
2: answer. I like that. And,
0: and, and words definitions can change. And my answer would be, if, I, if you asked to put me to the uh, wall and said to define a woman, I would say, I define, I would say, well, words change meaning. And I think we're in the middle of a transition now.
2: No pun intended. In, in,
0: no pun intended. From from what woman used to mean, which was a biological woman with an X, two X chromosomes,
1: and a vagina. Uh, see, that's I. I. It's funny because like when I was in college, I graduated uh, two thousand and eight. Fran- yeah. So that was fourteen years ago. Um, I took a class on human sexuality that would make it fifteen or sixteen years ago. So almost two decades ago, and we very easily distinguished between gender and sex. We talked about the role of society uh and and societal standards in gender we talked about all of that stuff and it was i don't think it was overly controversial necessarily but it was very it was it's not like this is a new thing trying to separate saying like x x y x x is not the only only thing that is defining whether you are a man or a woman.
2: For sure. And it hasn't been like that all over the world forever. Well,
0: look, as I
1: said- We can pretend that it's a new thing, but like it's not a new thing. But then how would you define- But then who gets to decide how the word woman is defined? It depends on the context. So if I'm a medical doctor, it might be important to know whether you were born male and transitioned into female because the way I treat you might be different than if you were a biological woman and have stayed a woman. Um, So medically- as a doctor, it might be important to make those distinctions. When I'm interacting with somebody day to day as just a regular person, I don't, those distinctions are a lot less important. Um, and it, it, it's really about the context with which uh, you know the the context.
2: I love that. I think that's such a smart answer. Well,
1: it's an answer in any case. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the 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 look um, as you said, words
1: have definitions, or we can't function uh, linguistically. But, but this is the same trick they tried to pull with gay marriage. where They're like, but what is marriage then? Isn't marriage between, isn't the definition of marriage, uh, it's between a man and well, a that, woman? Well, that was the definition. Now the definition is different. Well, yeah, but they like to pretend that marriage always meant like, first of all, they always would bring up the fact that marriage existed as an institution in order to produce children. And the second they, everybody raised up all the other examples like, well, what about a man and a woman who we know are sterile?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Should they not be able to enter into marriage? Is, what their, is their union not marriage? So like yeah, the, I feel like the the playbook on the conservative side is to act like it's always been this way. Why would we change it? And that's it's it's a uh, not really a winning argument. It's not genuine. I don't think it's not like a genuine, genuine argument. Yeah, it's
2: also not a genuine question, right? Like why? It's should- not a
1: good faith question when you hundred yeah. percent.
0: Well, it may not be a good faith question, but it's a. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's an interesting
2: It's a leading question is what I'm trying to say is that she's trying to lead her into some corner so she can make some argument against trans people.
0: Well, further, away, it's not an argument against trans people if you happen to define woman as a biological woman.
2: Right, exactly. But that's exactly what I'm saying. Like this Blackburn Republican from Tennessee. Like- You're
0: making it about Republican versus... Well, I mean, you... I'm just to. making it about how do we define woman. Okay, so- and, and And my answer to that is how do we define define? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a legitimate question. If it's by the dictionary, then I'll go look in the dictionary. If it's by how most people use the word, then I have to take a poll. Uh, in either case, I really, you know. I think it's
2: about how people identify. I mean, it's not. No,
0: that's not how we, that's not how words get defined.
2: Well, you said woman.
0: The word woman. The the word. Any word, the definition of any word is dependent on how that word is used by speakers of a language. And in the case of the word woman, it's used differently by different people. So I guess the answer is, it's, it's ambiguous right now.
2: Well, that's I think, but so I like think
0: that people that define point. it biologically aren't
1: wrong. I think that, that
2: that's I think a way trying, to define it.
1: I, yeah, but they're trying to create some kind of objective thing where gender, because it involves society and its expectations, has subjective components to it. And so it, that there are certain people who would like it to be that in order to be a woman, you have to be born XX, period end of story. And that's reductive and uh, disingenuous and and hurtful to to a lot of people. By the way, you mentioned um, marriage.
0: Sure, uh, which is a good transition. Okay, <laughs> because Harrison Greenbaum mm-hmm. is engaged to be married. I am engaged, and he's oh, yes. at the tender age of what,
1: twenty-nine? I wish. Uh, I'm thirty-five. Thirty-five. It goes so fast, you know. Because I guess when I met you, you were still in your. I diet. was in my twenties. I looked. The weird thing is, I, I was uh, when I when you met me in my young twenties, I looked forty, and now I feel like I look thirty-five. So somehow I've aged. I think it's the beard. <laughs> well, you've had the beard, I think, even then. I'm not sure. Um, so 35. Well, that's about the right age to get in, in engaged. I think it's technically it's a-, a little bit late because I'd like to have kids. But um, well, how old is she? She's on the. She's seven years younger. So she's about to turn 29. And did you meet her the the normal way? Comedians meet women. Tinder. That's not the
0: normal way. <laughs> oh. You'd be surprised. Well, that's a way, but I think yeah. the normal way is from the audience. Hey, you were funny. Oh yeah, do you thought so? What, what, so what are you doing? <laughs> so who are you? Who are you with? Oh, just my friends. Oh, are you live? Comedians ask the same questions. Right? Who are you with? <laughs> so we want to know if you have a boyfriend. Sure. Oh, I'm with uh, my my friends. Oh, do you live in New York? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so now you know because if they don't live in New York, it might not you know uh, depending. Oh, if you- and if they don't live in New York, well, how long are you here? And well, where are you staying?
1: This is the information comics kid. No, this was a Tinder date. But this was a Tinder date. It this had nothing to do Tinder with it. The... That didn't go super well uh, the first date. Um, because there was a miscommunication because she thought she was meeting with up with me after I had finished performing. And I thought I was like, hey, we're gonna I have a set, you, you'll get to watch it, and then we'll go to to dinner afterwards. So, so she arrived expecting me to just like run and grab dinner, and I was like, oh no, I have to go on stage now. And so she was a little bit miffed about it. And it wasn't until we went out to dinner afterwards at Mimi's, which is where I ended up starting my, kicking off my whole engagement to her, uh, a couple of years, a few years later, um, that we started talking about like our actual lives and things that we like. And then we're we were like, oh, maybe there is there is something to this.
2: But isn't it so um, great to have that be your first date that she can watch you be so funny? Because doesn't that like just like
1: normally it was normally I think people do uh, in my in my past history it was a positive, but it was yeah. interesting for her it was. She was just like this. She's like very Nebraska nice. So the idea that I would invite her to watch me perform on the first date. Is
2: outrageous. Is outrageous. (laughs) Yeah. Do
0: you think that's a good way to start things off in general? Like, as I said, a lot of comics meet women because they're in the audience. So their first impression is you on stage giving a performance. Is that, is there something false
1: about that? Something fake, something not? I mean, my act was never, some comics have an act that definitely, I think, uh, sets them up for later if they're trying to get late. My act was never that. Like, I, I, so I that was never my my experience. No, but they're seeing you
0: on stage in sort of a sure. as a oh, star. Sure. They're seeing you as like in, a, in a, a you know, you're cool you're not gonna be that cool off stage. You just couldn't be as you would be on stage with everybody yeah. laughing. For sure, for sure. You know so you're saying
2: it's just a slippery slope. No,
0: I'm saying it's um you know you're you're creating you're not you're not your first impression their first impression of you is is You're
1: is, demonstrating something. It's not as a real you. person,
0: it's as a performer.
1: So I, you know, I made that. I think also sometimes when I would date somebody, they might there, there are people who do comedy, but really like they're accountants and they like do comedy for fun. Everyone they took a class. And so sometimes having them come to a show was like, no, no, I'm actually like, this is what I'm dedicating my life to, and I think I'm I'm pretty good at it. And so you're if you if you are gonna latch yourself to me. Ah, uh, this is this is a good thing,
2: right, right, right. The, like this is what you get,
1: yeah. I this is not hopefully this won't be a sad life where I'm struggling. Look, I, I can do this
0: thing. You brought up, by the way, something interesting about comedians that whose act is basically designed to try to get laid?
1: Oh, yeah, there well, are I think it's an interesting that.
0: topic. Like t- topics that you don't want to discuss, like look, I talk about my age on stage, but were I were I designing my act for the stolen express purpose of getting laid? I wouldn't talk
1: about how old I am, you know, and I'm, I would uh, be 15 minutes on how hard it is to have a big dick. (laughs) Yeah. Man, who are my big dick people at? Am I right?
0: You know, about how women, they won't leave me alone because I give (laughs) them such heavy orgasms. But um, (laughs) I talk about my back hurting, all stuff. that's not sexy. Right. You know, but, but some comics wouldn't, I won't mention names, but some comics wouldn't discuss those types of things because it would get in the way. Now, I will say if I have a specific person that's in the audience to see me, say I meet somebody and then I invite them to the show, then I might be conscious of what I'm saying on stage. But as a general matter, I my first priority is to be funny.
2: Yeah, isn't that most common? No, I'm, well, maybe
0: most, but not all.
2: Okay. There, yeah. are,
0: there are some that would prefer to be cool right, right. than to be funny. Okay. And prefer to be sexy than to be funny.
2: I, I would say that, you know... Those things, I mean, being funny. Now, yeah, you could argue sexy. that if you're really,
0: really funny, yeah, you are yeah, sexy. Yeah. Even if you're talking yeah. about I, that's what I was being yeah. old
1: yeah. or having a bad yeah. back, right. or a tiny penis. Well,
2: maybe not that, but the rest <laughs> right. of it. Yeah,
1: if you push too hard on some of those topics, <laughs> I think if you're just like, man, I have the smallest penis in the world, and that all your jokes are about that, it might be a turnoff.
2: But yeah, I, I do think that being funny is... And
1: my penis, by the way, for the record, is reasonable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs>
0: I don't know that anybody <laughs> thought otherwise, but... There you go. No, but that, for the record, I, I you're engaged anyway, way. so it doesn't much matter. Mm. Fair. But uh, do you have any thoughts about that, Nicole? I know you're not an on-air personality, but we've had other non-air personalities <laughs> that, that w- one one day became that.
2: In regards to small
0: No, no, not in regards to small <laughs> In regards to a, somebody on stage that was very, very funny, but everything he was talking about was unsexy...
2: I don't know. I kind of feel like sometimes comedians, when they get vulnerable, is almost like a little bit more sexy than the big dick stuff. Because anybody mm. can say they have a huge dick on stage, but not everybody can, like, be vulnerable. There yeah. you go. That's my two cents. That's good. There Thank you,
1: Nicole, for yeah. your two cents. Um,
2: it's also about, like
0: some about, people
1: come across on stage like bad boys. Some yeah. come across well, as good some guys. Are,
0: some are kind of that way anyway.
1: Right. Well, know. what they appear on stage doesn't necessarily... Conflate to what they are offstage, but I think certain, yeah, that you can do the bad boy route, leather jacket, and some people are into that, or some people like are. an Andrew Schultz sort of a. I guess, yeah. Or I was thinking like old school, like Dennis Leary, like, like or Dice. Oh God, um, that would not work anymore.
0: Now, now, <laughs> I hope not. Well, no, he he'd be canceled. I mean, he was he was even canceled then, right? Pretty much, and this was nineteen whenever it was, eighty nine or ninety.
2: But what does he do? On, I haven't seen him. Well, her, her, what, I don't life. know what
0: he does now, yeah. but back then he would just...
2: No, I know what he did back then, but he performs all the time now. What, what's his act? I think
0: it's still still um, that. Right. So I guess he he gets away with it, but... Actually, I don't remember who was homophobic or, or wasn't... It wasn't transphobic because we didn't talk about trans people. No, it was misogynist. It was misogynist.
2: Yeah, but in like it wasn't, a fun It wasn't way. super...
0: I don't know if there was a... If it, <laughs> well, some people perceived it fun and some didn't. Right. You know, it depends how you I mean uh, you know... Um, Nora Dunn on SNL at the time refused to perform right. with him
1: when he was hosting. Um, There's a really? great essay on him where some people, it was also people were trying to figure out whether he meant what he was saying or whether he was, was trying a, character. To a character to to dislike on purpose. Right. And from that perspective, then then it's transgressive. Look, I thought it was a brilliant character. Of
2: course That's right. how I perceived it: it's right. a brilliant
1: character. Ridiculous, over the top.
0: Whether right. or not he thought that, I don't know. I mean, you never really know um but it was a character clearly the the question is is was it a character that promoted
1: and encouraged this kind of thinking i right. guess I or guess. is it actually reaches a point where it's making fun of the very person that he's being
2: i mean i think it's an interesting question but i think that it's you can't argue that it was he was just brilliant like that he was well incredible. the character was brilliant. Yeah, got, i don't i that, don't know that the writing is well, i mean he brilliant. created the character the ca- yeah
0: the character was amazing that character was amazing. I thought, you know. Also, oh, didn't uh,
2: didn't Dice like stop for did, performing for like twenty years to like go raise his children? I don't
0: know if he stopped, but yeah, yeah. He, he kind of vanished because he because he, he
2: went to go be a dad.
0: No, I think he vanished just because you couldn't. He couldn't maintain just be like Dane Cook, but kind of Mm-mm. relatively speaking, vanished.
2: I'm telling you.
0: No, he just he just didn't he he didn't. I think he just couldn't maintain that level. I mean, maybe was, he did. He was maybe the he, first guy, first comic to sell out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, painting, but then right? it just kind of fizzled. I'm telling
2: you, I'm telling you.
0: I think it's a combination of both.
2: Okay, we can, (laughs) we can. I think
0: he's being confused with Rick Moran. I I don't think he could have maintained (laughs) that level even if he wanted to, assuming he didn't want to. It was just, it was just too, he burned too brightly and it was too, it was too crazy a character. And, and I just don't think it was sustainable.
2: But look at him now. He came back. Yeah, but he came back but he not with that himself. not I mean, at that that and
0: not where he was. He's not what he what was then. He was a phenom. was like a shooting star back then. Mm.
2: That uh, was how I fell in love with stand-up.
0: Oh, with from Dice? Dice, from the of all oh, things, wow. from the Dice man. That's interesting. Well, certainly Periel is is uh, you know, very sensitive to somebody that is really a misogynist. She would be sensitive to it. So um so that she says that she didn't feel he was misogynist is something to listen to.
2: Thank I you. think you
0: know. Yeah, there you go. Um, Harrison is not only a comedian; he is a magician.
2: Also, a misogynist. <laughs> no, oh my god.
0: <laughs> oh no. I, I I hope I'm a good oh. ally. Um, he is a magician. Uh, he, I've seen him perform close-up card tricks.
1: I've never seen his stage magic act, but his card tricks are quite good.
2: Wow. wow. Yeah, I
1: have a stage show called Harrison Greenbaum. What just happened? It's uh, it's my baby. Uh, it's the first magic show that's ever been at the cellar. Like we did at the VU. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, I started off as a magician when I was like five years old and then it wasn't until college that I started doing standup and exploring standup. Um, and then kept them very, very separate. Um, when I, my, my freshman year of college, I was interning for Mad Magazine and like barking for stage time, uh, at night. And I was about to go on stage and I was stuffing, uh, sponge balls in my pocket and there was a comedian uh, who saw me doing that, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, you know, there's, there's, I also do magic. So if the if the jokes go south, at least I have a magic trick, so I end on a strong note." And he said, "Take that shit out of your pocket. You'll <laughs> never learn." Uh, and I think he's right. Like you, you, you can't have a safety net. You need to live or die by your jokes alone. That's how every other comic does it. So I kept them really, really separate. Well, I for a you long know I, I don't know that he was right, I, especially when you're
0: starting off. If you're starting off and you have something that makes you more comfortable because you know you have an ace in your up your sleeve mm. or a sponge ball in your pocket i don't know that
1: that's a bad thing i, I mean i hear what you're saying and for me the, personally it was ch- it changed my the trajectory of my whole career cuz i it was it was about going on stage and knowing like if, if i didn't have the goods i was going to fail so i needed to work that okay, much harder and, okay. and live or die by my jokes alone cuz it's also very easy with with magic like one of the so i give a lecture all over the world for magicians called you are all terrible
2: are you serious? Yeah. I cannot believe I didn't know any of this. Oh this yeah. I have so... a book coming out
1: this year called You Are All Terrible, which is for magicians.
2: That is so cool. I have to bring my son to see you. He will flip out. How old is he? He's eight and a half.
1: See, that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> is that as soon as you say magic, people think kids. And my show is definitely 18 plus. <laughs>
2: really? It's dirty? It's a it's a it's
1: it's still me. It's still me doing I just it's my comedy plus magic. Uh, I, I, do, I do shows once in a while that you could potentially bring your it, family it, it, to but in, my, the Harrison of what just happened is absolutely inappropriate unless you're an adult been single for way too long when you're single in your 20s people are like you haven't found the right person when you're single in your 30s they're like you're not a right person <laughs> it's you I'm at the point where I'm thinking about getting a dog anybody else give up on humans anybody else I'd like to get a dog. I just don't want to come one of those like overly passionate dog people. I'm sure there's a few of you here into their dog. You, yeah. Do so you like it? You're like the dog is my baby, right? Dog is my ba- a dog is not a baby. Like when a baby dies, you can't just like bear it in the backyard and not tell anybody. Like that's a very big difference. Usually called a law. Also, if you have a baby and it dies, your friends don't run up to you immediately. Like, don't worry, we got you a new baby. A rescue baby, same mix as the old baby. I can't get a dog because I live in a studio apartment in Manhattan, what would I do with that dog when it dies, right? You can't bury it, there's just like a sidewalk and a street outside, you can't flush it, it's too big, you can't put it down the chute, that's suspicious. I call my dad, it's like, what do you do with a dead dog? He's like, really, this question again? He was like, take it to a veterinarian. I was like, the nearest veterinarian is like 20 blocks from my apartment. So what do you want me to do? Just put like a dead dog in a backpack and get on the subway for four stops? There's a sign, if you see something, say something. Dead dog in a backpack. Definitely a something. You see a paw sting out of a jan sport, you call somebody. Should never have a dead dog in a backpack. Although if you do, put random things in the backpack. This way, on the off chance you get mugged, you just ruin that mugger's life. Just end his career with an unsolvable mystery. He just jumps out and give me your backpack. You're like, no. He unzips it, there's like a dead dog, a dildo, four clown noses, and the ace of spades. Where was he going? That's an answer you can't Google.
0: If, if you had to make it uh as a superstar either as a comedian or as the magician but it had to be one or the other you couldn't mix and match mm. which would you choose and why
1: that's interesting um i mean my my comedy magic show i'd like to think is is truly both it is truly stand up well, comedy and magic that's not the deal that's by... on the table <laughs> well but the when i do magic i'm doing stand up i understand that the deal is comedy <laughs> or magic well it's, but so i can't keep doing my current show that is correct.
0: You can either be a superstar so a comic or a superstar m- magician, which a couple of g- Yeah. But I mean like I'm saying you, can, you can have some patter in there, sure. Okay. You want to put some patter in there? <laughs> I think this is Fine. Like a false dichotomy. Put put some patter in there, you. But but basically you're a magician. People think Harrison Graham, I think magician or they think comedian. You get to pick one and you and you're going to make it at the highest levels. Yeah.
2: And he's getting so upset.
0: Well, look. no, because my my whole
1: thing has been so like I Or you, or if you don't answer, you get neither. <laughs> right.
2: right.
1: I, my whole thing has been, uh, I always define myself as a comedian with magic as opposed to a magician with comedy. Right. Um, even when I'm doing my magic show, I'm a comedian with magic. And I think, I don't know if there are really many other guys, if any other guys, uh, or girls, I was hate when I say guys, I mean everybody. Um, but, um, I don't think there are the, if you take away all their props can do stand up, um, are funny without it. Um, and that, that's sort of how I built my show is for it to be... It's a magic show, but you can evaluate it on stand-up comedy ground. So the the laughs per minute mm-hmm. are that of a stand-up, which is every 20 seconds. And this man is opposed to dance to around him. a
0: question. Like- yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think <laughs> legacy-wise... Maybe dan- da-
0: tap dancing should be what would you... Would, would you- uh,
1: I mean, I'm a comedian at heart. I, I just think that if I had to choose one, I'd probably, I probably... I think I'm doing more for magic by trying to show them that they... Should be writing their own material the way comedians do. Like so I, so you'd
2: be so you'd be a comedian.
1: My whole hey, lecture you? to magicians is, hey, you love all these comedians. Do you know why they're funny and good at what they do? Because they write their own shit. They don't go to a store and buy it, and they don't steal stuff. They they create their own material. And every artist does that. And there's no re- there's no excuse for magicians not also doing that. And that's like the main thesis. I don't of think we have terrible. an answer yet.
2: We don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean,
1: I'm I, I'm a comedian who does magic.
0: <laughs> well you're only allowed to do one or the other in this scenario but
1: i, I i've never done i've never done well, just magic i've always, it's always been combined with my comedy well <laughs> <laughs> there's i don't know how to i think i think what's the definition of magic we're just throwing it back to the beginning um I think the problem is when people hear the word magic, there's certain things that are attached to it that are just not actually the reality. Right, so, but like,
2: not in this. Reality. You get to only like, do magic doesn't have to, to. be You get to only
1: serious. tell jokes. You get to only do tricks with a little bit of patter. I'll give you a little bit of patter. No, but like, have you seen Amazing Jonathan who j- recently passed <laughs> I away? Understand. Or I'm not that familiar with Amazing Jonathan. I know he passed, but away. he was one of the funniest people on this planet. And okay, he, but in
2: this alternate we're not
1: planet. getting it. So but he's not doing. Anyway. He's not doing magic I'm, with just patter. <laughs> I mean, he's. Uh, this is like a congressional senator. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is like the Kitanji Brown hearing it's yeah
1: it's so hard to choose between the two because I, cause
2: I, well, I then you get ne- the then you get
0: then you get neither <laughs> <laughs> um, my thing with 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 um, with magic is... I enjoy, like, you do these... Uh,
2: do you have anything with you that you can well, do tricks? I will, I will tell
1: you, magic on the radio is the generally... Magic on the radio, I would... No,
2: but it's on YouTube. I know, but not Although, everybody sees it on have... YouTube. Well, we... they can... I do, do have, have an saying? album
1: out. Let called them... ha- I have an album, Harrison Greenbaum, live at Madison Square Garden. And I did an extravagant, the most expensive, largest illusion show that's ever been done in New York at Madison Square Garden. And you I did? figured Dangerous Escapes... Uh, All sorts of celebrity guests. And I figured the best way to capture that for all of history was to only release the audio. So there's a Ah. 45-minute audio-only album called Harrison Greenbaum Live at Madison Square Garden. It definitely happened. You can hear me do ventriloquism. You can hear me juggle. You can hear me do mime. Uh, It all happens on that album of the show that definitely happened. Where can we see where can people see you do actual magic tricks video of magic tricks? Uh, I have a little I have some stuff online. I'm I'm trying to actually film the whole magic show as a special this year. That's one of the that's like my number one goal is to get that thing out there because um, it's been something that I've worked on for so long. And in that spirit of like some magicians will create a show and then that's it. They do that show till they die. And I want to be more like a comedian where I get that show out and then I work on a new show. My, my thing about comedy,
0: uh, magic rather is is as follows. I enjoy close-up magic. I don't generally go to see magic stage shit, but if Charrison wants to show me a card trick, I'm I'm, I'm all in. Um, I can't tell the difference between a a good magician and a great magic Like, comedy, you know, people talk about the best comics. Sure. And, of course, we all have different opinions, so it's not completely objective. Magic, to me, it's like, okay, this guy did something with cards, and I saw another guy do the same thing, and maybe this guy's got somewhat better patter. Well, part of that is And what's is his education. name, David Blaine kind of brought in the gr- grungy, you
1: know, aspect to it. But I don't know. It just seems like I'm not like... I think it's just education, right? So, like, when the average person, when you ask them what good wine is, they they don't really know. And the same way, like, a sommelier would know. The advantage comedians have is that most... The average person has seen a lot of stand-up in their life. Um, they they can name... If I say... If you grab, grabbed a random person on the street said, Name as many comedians as you can... They're going to name a ton. If you say name all the magicians you can, they're going to say Houdini, Copperfield, well, well, Blaine. I mean, there's Houdini was an
0: escape artist, not a magician. He was a magician.
1: Okay. Yeah. He, he, he did magic as well. The well, stunts were to bring publicity. Well, why do you magic. think
0: that magicians then, um, maybe David Blaine's an exception, are, are not considered as cool? I mean, for want of a better word, and there's really no other word I can. I mean, Chappelle. People are like, oh, no, right. no magician is looked at like Chappelle. Sure. Okay, the magician, even at the, the top top level, there's a slight, uh, there's a slight like you know, um, cheese factor, I guess. It can
1: be. I mean, that's the other thing is like you know, and maybe David Blaine's the the one guy that was able to bring like it out. Penn and, of and Teller, I think Penn and Teller are pretty cool. They've done some really cool stuff. Um, uh, I, I don't think people walk away from that show being like, oh, those dorks. They're like, that was they're cool. Um, I, I think, I mean. Uh, p- part of it is that when people hear the word magic, they, you know, they think Siegfried and Roy,
2: oh, love. which
1: who are incredible,
2: love. but
1: definitely are the product of the eight, like the product of the 60s through 80s.
2: My favorite. Were oh, they magicians
1: yeah. or lion tamers? They were magicians. Oh, were they magicians? Too? Yeah. Okay.
2: Didn't you ever hear um, Siegfried say that uh, I am the magician, but Roy, he is the magic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I never heard him
2: say
1: <laughs> They were an interesting duo. I mean, all uh, duos are always fascinating. Like the dynamic between how you keep those partnerships together and working. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I think the main reason magic, magic is considered dorky is that most um, most magicians are dorks. <laughs> like
2: that's a good. Uh. I mean,
1: that's the main reason. Like there, you can be. There are a lot more comedians who are. In, in order to be a comedian, I I always look at that spectrum where like on you, w- maybe between let's call it Pryor and Carlin where like Carlin was all about at looking outwards, right? He's the normal person saying the world is fucked up and crazy. Mm-hmm. And so it's outwardly directed. It's very scripted. Like he's writing that thing out word for word. He's one of the first guys to have a computer because he's typing up all of his stuff. It's very craft-based and outwardly aimed. And then you have Richard Pryor, who's more about the, he's the crazy person. He's the, he's the, he's the fucked up thing and the world is normal. And he, so all of his stuff is aimed inward at himself, right? He's talking about himself, and he's, you know, he's has a, a bunch of wives. He has drug problems. He lights, lights himself on fire. Um, he's not someone who's known for scripting everything. He's kind of doing it off the top of his head. And so there are these two Is extreme, true?
2: was he known for doing things off the top of his head? He didn't, have... I
1: don't think he really wrote things down there. There's not as, as much as whatever, the amount of biographies and, and documentaries I've seen. There's Carlin had files. Yeah. He had a file. Yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joan Rivers had a F- file yeah. system. Um, some comics don't. Some comics really are about going up there and writing the material on stage or being more in the moment because they're talking about themselves as opposed to this is how I think about the world. It's it's more inwardly aimed. Those are two very different. Trying to average them together, if you if you just average those two, you end up in a middle comedian that doesn't exist. Um so those Richard Pryor's particularly are if you're defining cool as like a bad boy like they in order to do magic it requires a lot more prep and and planning on the, in the more carliny vein because you have to build props and like do things that are secret and there's a lot more maintenance of stuff um so it's a lot harder to be like somebody who lights themselves on fire drug addict <laughs> that's a lot I, harder right so you don't have, the, have that shape. that archetype is is a lot is a lot less prevalent doesn't mean it doesn't exist
0: well also you know with comedy there's also very different styles of comedy whereas a card trick is a card trick you know, you. Well, can be, there
1: are so there are. St- but that's the whole thing is like there are styles of magic.
0: We, if you, just, we
2: just don't. You know just
1: them. don't know them because they're, they're, they're styles of presentation. But it, it, there's there's two different
0: aspects to that. There's a presentation and then there's a trick. Uh, correct I, me if I I'm mean, wrong. The like, present- David Blaine's presentation is uh, pick a car, you know that, but it's the same card trick as the guy that's like, hey, you know, with the cape. But it's but
1: but it's it's well, so here's so here's the fact that Blaine doesn't have a cape, but it's the same trick. I would I would both agree and disagree that the part where I disagree is what David Blaine kind of brought to magic was that because it's all about like that. When you talk about art and you talk about art being a conversation, it's a dialogue with past art. So the reason Andy Warhol and Pollock are right after the other is they're in conversation with each other. Pollock is as unliteral as possible. Mm-hmm. He's throwing paint and putting cigarette butts on the floor and his, on his canvas. And then Warhol is literally a factory. So he's existing in conversation with, they're, they're, they are having a dialogue with each other. They can't, Warhol can't exist without Pollock right before him doing the exact opposite. Blaine. Similarly, there's all this glitzy magic is Siegfried and Roy and big Copperfield's making the statue of Liberty disappear. And Blaine's doing two very interesting things. One is he's making it smaller He's bringing, he's putting a camera on close-up magic, which it really didn't have a spotlight the way it did. But he also turned the camera around. So if you look at other specials, it's very rare that you're watching people react to magic. Blaine knew that most of the entertainment, like for especially the early specials, he does a card trick and then the camera watches those guys go, "Oh my God!" Wow. and run away, and the camera stays on them, not on Blaine. It's all about the reaction.
2: Okay, so first, so he's doing of something really trick, interesting. The
1: trick itself is a trick that's. So now and we get to the part where I innovative. now we get to that part where we we talk about that, which is so he's doing certain some of the tricks in the first special, for example, are tricks that anybody could probably go to the magic store and buy for thirty dollars. And so he doesn't he's not inventing that trick. I would say that his lack of presentation is an original presentation. His character that's not I've I've hung out with him, he who he is his like almost non talking non verbal. I'm just the instrument of magic is not is, is a character that he's developed and allows the allows you to focus on the other people, which every other magician is always like, look at me. Look at me. I'm a I'm a wizard. So it's a it's a really interesting move to make because nobody, nobody. Yeah, really I think that, that was move. genius on his part. Right. So that's the genius part that he's bringing to it. That's different. Um, my whole argument has always been that you need to actually be inventing tricks uh, and coming up with new stuff. So like that's kind of, very
2: unusual though. Right? It you're, is
1: unusual, which is the, which is the unfortunate thing, right? Every comic at the cellar is, is their goal is to come up with their own jokes,
2: right? That should
1: be the goal of every magician is to come up with your- should, to come up with their own tricks. It could be based on the same structures. Like I'm not inventing the rule of three when I'm doing comedy and I might be, but the structure, there are well, structures in comedy. Exaggeration. They're, they're, right. There are very, tools in our belt are that tools are fundamentals tools. that you're not reinventing. You're using them to create your own jokes, but you have a distinct point of view you have, you know, you're, you're contributing stuff.
2: Listen, if I may, I have to say that I think Harrison might be my favorite guest that we've ever had. Oh, thank
0: you. Well, that's interesting. You may, by the way. It's um, so,
2: this is so interesting well, I, I, Well, I,
0: I, it may be, but I have to hear from Nicole first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm having a blast. All right, are you? Because
0: you're you're giving me a David Blaine esque. I'm having.
2: <laughs> That's just how my voice. Yeah, is. Yeah, Nicole is right. a little bit David. Yeah. Blaine.
0: Nicole <laughs> is basically the David Blaine of sound engineering. There you go.
2: <laughs> Audiology. Um, what can you talk a little bit about, like mentalists and what? The-
1: so this is this is one of those. Con- I'm, I'm a controversial figure, not controversial, but I would say, <gasps> and I have to decide whether here's this a, is uh, this ready, is a change of controversy. It's not.
2: It's is not. a change of topic, or just <laughs> a, I
1: think. <laughs> and there are going to be mentalists who are real mad at me for saying this. Mentalists are magicians. The, the big banner is magic. What they're doing is a special. A, 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 it's a specialized. It's a. It's a. Underneath the big umbrella of magic, there are illusionists. There are close-up magicians. There are comedy magicians. There are all. There are escape artists. It's a. It's a big tent on which a lot of other things. Just like with comedy, there are one-liner comics. There are dirty comics. There are clean comics. There's all sorts of kinds of comedy. Uh, stand-up comedy. Similarly, with magic, mentalism is a kind of magic. They they like to think that they're not even under the tent, that they're a completely separate category. And I think that I just, wrong. it's not true. Do you it's know Eric
0: Dittleman? Eric of Dittleman? course, he's one of my best friends. Oh,
1: oh, that's, yeah, I think you mentioned. Yeah, he's a great guy. I just,
0: I bring him up because I happen to know him. Uh, shout out to Diddles. The Diddles. And then there's this guy, um,
1: Oz Perlman. Yeah.
2: Who are A lot people? of Jews.
1: Jews love mentalism. <laughs> Well, we're mental patients. You go to Israel and everybody's a metal bender.
2: I don't know <laughs> what is going on. Who are these? These people? are just people
0: we know in common that are metalists. Now, yeah. you mentioned that Harrison was one of your favorite guests, and that's yeah. fair. But you have to give credit where it's really due,
2: which is to, to the to the
0: person yeah. that brought it that's out. Right. That's yeah. right. Because had Noam been here, I can guarantee you we wouldn't be having this discussion. We'd be <laughs> we'd be still waist deep in. In uh, transgender issues, <laughs> which might be interesting,
2: by the way, or the Katangi uh, Brown here. Well,
0: that's yeah, or the Katangi Brown, or whatever else, and and maybe it would be a fascinating discussion. It, but it wouldn't be bringing the best of Harrison Greenbaum. Yeah,
2: I I absolutely. It
0: wouldn't agree. be utilizing Harrison Greenbaum to his fullest potential, which I think is what was what I was able to do when I have. Because we, agree. we invite people on, I want them to flourish, not to be silenced.
2: <laughs> Your, I give you...
0: And well, Noam well, invites people on and says, we're discussing this, and if you don't like it, that's too bad, but here it is. So
1: that's the different uh, strategy.
2: Uh, Do you so. feel like Dan's bringing out the best in you? No, I
1: mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's one of those weird things where I've always felt bifurcated because I have a foot... I, I always, I, I always consider myself a comedian, but when I go into the magic world, it's always coming. I think the the it, superpower is so. He, Harrison is coming out as bi. <laughs> right
0: bi artistic. Um. Now, um. We we, we we I did want to touch on something a little bit more political too, just to end things. What time is it, Periel?
2: Seven fifty-five.
0: Okay, so we're we're winding down anyway. Periel has been very very involved in Ukraine. Ah. Um.
2: In, I, w- I went from being um a virologist and an epidemiologist and now I'm an <laughs> expert in Eastern Europe. Well, you're not an expert
0: <laughs> in anything but but you are you are good hearted and N- now one was giving her shit saying she's just sort of signed on to the cause du jour and maybe she has but but a cause de jour is better than no cause at all and 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 Periel has has found herself becoming uh involved in 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 raising money and 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 sending. Well, uh, food and, and uh, medical supplies and so on. We
2: have collectively, uh, well, I've dubbed this Operation Fuck Putin.
0: Nice. And
2: it was started <laughs> in the basement of my building by my Ukrainian super, nice. Vitaly, who... Um, Is his family okay? I mean, they're all volunteering. You know, his mom's volunteering in a hospital. His brother's volunteering at the, in the police station. They're in a town in western Ukraine called Sambir. And so the initial thing was that we were, I was just helping him send like eight boxes to Sambir. And then to date, myself and a crew of other people, um, we've sent 250 boxes of medical aid and humanitarian supplies, ranging from food to formula, baby carriers, I mean, medical, everything. Over, about 10,000 pounds. Wow. I know. It's been insane. And and who's shipping it? So I have a good friend who has underwritten about $10,000 worth of shipping. He has a very big company and very close ties with FedEx. So he gets a really good rate and he has really kind of single-handedly helped us figure out how to ship and where to ship to there's a town first we were shipping through Poland right through a Ukrainian shipping company um, but Poland's completely bottlenecked and it's quite I mean it's just a mess so we've been shipping to a town in um, Romania called Tulcha and then trucking into Odessa Wow and the woman who's sort of been my partner in all of this speaks Russian and Polish fluently and so we've been vetting people and talking to people on the ground and sort of navigating this whole thing. And I really have become sort of a logistics expert in international... Is there, is there any... If
0: people want to donate, they go to your... Um, well, they
2: can just come to my Instagram. Instagram
0: page and you've got all the information. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. I'm sort of done taking money at this point, And we just sent our last shipment of 12 boxes to round wow. out 250 But But... Um, we, we've now figured out different ways in which, I mean, we were running like a 24 hour, like insane volunteer operation. I have a friend um, who started something called the Hummingbird Effort, which you can look up as hubird.org. She grew up in Poland. She's a real estate um, investment banker. And she basically turned her childhood home into a refuge to take women and children into because, you know, the men aren't allowed to leave. And, um, she's, she now started this foundation and they've rescued, I don't know, probably to date, like 40 mothers and 60 something kids. She's resettling them and finding them homes and signing leases on their behalf. And so things like that, where it's like, okay, now people are on the ground. It's better to just send them to them.
0: I've read that, um, they think as many as 14,000 Russians have told have died from seven to 14,000 have been killed with now we lost 7000 soldiers in 20 years in afghanistan just to give you perspective right. this has been a couple of weeks so i mean that's just devastating I, I don't i mean like you would think at some point the russians would just be like okay
1: we, you know we're not doing this anymore right it's hard to get accurate numbers though from that. yeah and the russians themselves probably don't know what the numbers are i will tell you this i left my leather jacket in mexico mm-hmm. end of january and i'm still trying to get it shipped back via dhl from mexico to new york so it astounds me that you can get supplies <laughs> to war torn Ukraine yeah. and I can't get my fucking well, jacket back. We, <laughs> we, we don't know we don't know that they're actually i am already FedEx. I should have well, gone with FedEx. Well
2: actually actually <laughs> Maybe she
0: just let the jacket slide at this point. That's
2: right. I can, and move and
0: move on with your life. I
2: can help you get your jacket. I for sure can help you get your jacket. I feel
1: like I'd rather you help the Ukrainians before you I'm, worry do, about I'm my done jacket. with the Ukrainians. Um
2: <laughs> we do know the first 8 arrived. I mean, we big. have people on the ground. Okay. I mean, we have pictures of them with the boxes, so we know that they arrived. What do you think? I'm running some fucking nonsense. Okay. I don't know. I mean, yet? you're
0: doing the best you can, but when you talk about a war-torn country, well, but they're they're I, I, if it's the stuff hope is getting there, okay. You say it's getting there, okay.
2: The first eight have gotten All right, there. Good, good,
1: good. Um, nice. It's, yeah. It's, it's just it's just um, my jacket's still in Cancun.
2: <laughs> you got to send FedEx.
0: Maybe that's the. Well, yeah. It must be a nice jacket to be putting all this
1: effort in. You know,
2: I just like the jacket, and
1: now I just become a personal. Just, uh, it's been my.
2: You a hundred percent can get this jacket back.
1: Oh, I know. dhl's it's it's a whole journey. It's oh, <laughs> where so we're getting married. So, uh, in December, are you getting married in Cancun? So worst case scenario, yeah, you get it he'll my... just hold it for me when I go
0: back? <laughs> you're you're getting married in Cancun. We are. We're doing destination.
1: Oh, so you. De- so it, so are you going to invite a lot of people or? We're gonna invite a bunch of people but also we're not gonna we won't take it personally if people can't I mean we know we know with a destination wedding we're gonna have a smaller, smaller group of people. Now um yeah, Cancun is nice I've, I've uh, I like Cabo. Oh we tried to find a resort we really wanted to make sure that the cheapest room was affordable and but also nice because we went to a couple of resorts where the, like the cheapest room was affordable but looked out over like a brick wall in a jungle and you're like, well that doesn't seem like a fun thing for our friends. what is what does this woman do? This My fiance? Wo- this yeah.
2: woman. This,
0: well, this, I, uh, I met
1: her once, I she think. She works for Verizon. Does she work for Verizon? Yeah. Oh, she's like a normal gig. She's a normal civilian. Yeah. But she's also very talented. She does like graphic design and she's she's also very creative. And are you her favorite comedian?
0: Well, you're, you're probably her favorite bifurcated artist. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but are you her favorite comic? You see, because, you she know, you never be. asked her that. And call
2: her. Let's call her.
0: I mean would you be upset if she if she's thought if if you found out that she actually thinks you're okay. She doesn't think you're bad. <laughs> but you're you're
1: far from her favorite. No, I think she she really does like my comedy legitimately. How important would that be for you? It would be important that she thinks I'm at least in the top the top the top
2: 10%. Yeah, top 10. You got got
1: to be in the top 10% yeah. otherwise. Is there a comic you don't have to
0: mention his name or her name, but is there a comic that if you found out she adored you would be upset?
1: Dan Natter, no, um, <laughs> no. Uh, is there any comic that I would? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay.
2: Harrison's so nice; he's not going to say that. Well,
0: no, I- I'm not asking him to mention names. I'm asking him if there is some. <laughs> is there a comic? Well, is there a comic that like, you think is so is just terrible? And if they oh, were, geez. if they were, <laughs> and you'd be like, you'd have to question this woman's, you know, uh, mental health or, or or intelligence if they thought that this particular comic was really really funny.
1: It's more the opposite where, like, I'll find something funny because um, we're all dark and twisted. So there's stuff where I'll find it really funny. And then she'll be like, mm, that's not my thing. Like, she, I, lo- I think the Jackass movies are very funny. That's not her cup of tea. Yeah, the Jackass movies are fun. I mean, the Jackass, you want to talk about innovative. I mean, those movies are fantastic. You know, they, they,
0: they did something that, <laughs> I, I, as far that. as I know, had never been done before, which is, what I don't even know what you call that. But it's like, we're going we're gonna to, like, uh, you know, hit each other in the balls or whatever they
1: do. You know, or eat like ridiculously spicy food like this. Sh- but there always was, there was always very smart structure underneath it. Like anybody who tried to copy them, just thought, oh, if I just hit somebody in the balls enough, it'll be funny. But like the example I used was like when they had him, brand- they uh, one of the guys gets branded. I think in the first or second movie. And if you look at it, they're doing it on a farm. There's cows looking, and it sort of brings attention to how silly it is to brand anything. And so there is an underlying. I'm not saying everyone has... There's not a social message underneath everything that Jackass does, but there is intense comedy structure, and they're making points and statements. They're not just hitting each other in the balls, and that's what makes
0: I, it so I saw good. it more as 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 hitting each
1: other in the balls, but... but um,
2: I find that stuff difficult to But watch. I thought... But,
1: but, there was uh, a great uh, essay about one of the bits where they have the guy... They have one of the guys dressed up to look like... I mean, this is right after 9-11. They put a fake beard on him and a turban, and the whole bit is he's going to get into a taxi... And basically suggested the taxi driver that he's going to the airport to blow it up, and this is right after 9-11. Jesus Christ! And if that was any, if and that's, that, that's more that's that's less jackassy and just more like uh, well, hidden camera. Well, the beauty of it is that's not really the bit. The bit is that the taxi driver is equally in on it and is going to take this guy who thinks he's the one who's pranking oh. on a crazy stunt course, and really so. It, it, the 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 actual bit is that he's doing this terrible hacky terrorist bit, Okay. and he's the one who's actually the one being pranked. And then at the very end, the biggest reveal is that the beard that they've glued on him are are the pubes of everybody else in the cast.
2: <laughs> so that's that's so how you I'm, take.
1: I'm nauseous. Yeah, but and the this idea is I've the, just gotten over the stomach. Glue. <laughs> but the beauty of that bit is a lesser show might have just done the little bit,
2: right? Right. right. Of just
1: oh, I'm going to be a fake terrorist yeah, and see what the taxi driver will do, and that's not what Jackass is doing. Uh, there was a whole essay about this. As I'm not the first person to, to point this out. But um, that that's the kind of stuff that I think make ja- makes Jackass, Jackass. I don't remember that, uh, this that is sketch, a, but that's certainly very interesting.
2: This is why I think this is so interesting. Because who else would have read an essay? Like somebody would have said, to, oh, Jackass is so Well, look, you like asked Harris me who to have on. You're I right. gave you
0: one name. Yeah, you're right. One name I gave you. <laughs> now, what name was that name?
2: Harrison Greenbelt. All right. Well,
1: thank you. Uh,
0: you know, that was the name I gave you. I looked at the list of people that are here anyway, because that's what we do. We don't want to uh, have somebody come all the way down here. We might make it convenient. So wh- you happen to be on the show to be anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we
1: started with shit. We ended with gold.
2: Mm, well,
0: <laughs> we did start with shit. We actually, <laughs> ended, we actually
2: <laughs> ended with pubic hair. There we go.
0: <laughs> I mean, you kind of lost me a little bit with that. But 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 <laughs> that's me. That's sort of my thing. That uh, kind of grosses me out. But, um. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Harrison, for being with us. Thank you, Periel. Thank you, Nicole Lyons, for sound engineering us. You're welcome. Uh, podcast at ComedyCellar.com for all your questions, comments, and suggestions. What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? Are there guests? By the way, can we try to get... I, 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 I uh, emailed you try to get Sarah Sherman, who just started performing here. She's also just started on SNL.
2: Yeah. She's
0: a very nice. And let's get her before she becomes too big to want to do our show, please. Thank you. She just started on SNL, so maybe maybe she's just humble enough to actually want to come down here, because she might get big and then then it's over.
2: I think you underestimate how many people want to come down here.
1: Now I don't know if you have her, her contact information. Does but this she's need here. to be
2: on the show? Yeah, I think so. I think know, it's harder can...
1: than getting Sarah on the show. Getting a leather jacket shipped from Cancun <laughs> to Manhattan. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll try to accomplish <laughs> Um, Podcast at ComedySelly.com. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.